Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Today's scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 19. We have also received an inheritance in Christ. We were destined by the plan of God who accomplishes everything according to his design. We are called to be an honor to God's glory because we were the first to hope in Christ. You too heard the word of truth in Christ, which is the good news of your salvation. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because you believed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance, which is applied toward our redemption as God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. Since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, this is the reason that I don't stop giving thanks to God for you when I remember you in my prayers. I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that makes God known to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what what is the hope of God's call, what is the richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers, and what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, he looks familiar. And yes, my Christmas tree is up. And yes, it's not Thanksgiving. You can judge if you'd like. Luke, thank you for reading the scripture for us today. It's certainly good to see all of you on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I told the folks in the first service that as pastors, we're never really sure who's going to be here uh, today. So I'm certainly glad that all of you are here, whether you're with us in the room or joining us online. I'd invite you to pray with me now. Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, the gift of this place. We pray that you would come now, that you would send your spirit, be in our midst, and fill us. Quiet our minds, open our hearts, that we would be open to receiving the message you have for us today. And God, I pray that these words would not be my own, but that they would be your words for your church. We pray all these things in Christ's name. So today is sort of an in-between Sunday. Thanksgiving is coming this week, and the next Sunday we begin the season of Advent. And so you might know that the United Methodist Church traditionally observes All Saints Day on the first Sunday of November. It's a day when we remember, we honor Christians of every time and place who have lived and are living faithfully, who have shared or are sharing their faith in an active way. And so I know I'm kind of springing this on you, but I'm interested to hear from you quickly. Who in your life do you regard as a saint? And you can just call out their names. I'm interested to know. Okay. Others? Okay. Any more? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I know it's a few weeks later. Today is certainly not the first Sunday of November, but it feels appropriate that we would spend some time talking about this because it is a season of Thanksgiving, a coming season that's marked by love and giving and is evidenced by your responses, both verbally and in your hearts. Saints are important to us. They're an important part of our lives, an important part of our faith. And in Scripture, Paul often referred to people as saints. And one of those passages is Ephesians 1 that we just heard from. Ephesians was a letter that was likely written by Paul to the church at Ephesus, 
And in the letter, he's trying to help them understand these dimensions of God's eternal purpose, of God's grace, but also to have an appreciation for God's goals for the church. And unity was one of those. Unity was very important to Paul, especially during that time. And one of the things I love about Paul is he's direct. He gets right to the point when he's writing. And he begins the letter to the Ephesians in the first verses that, I, that we didn't hear today by calling early believers saints. And I think that reminds us that we've been chosen. We've been adopted by God through Christ, and we're recipients of God's forgiveness and God's grace. And then in verse 11, he starts talking about this idea of inheritance. Now, he's not talking about a pile of money or your grandparents' furniture or anything like that. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something much greater than that, that through Jesus, we are called to live to God's glory. And Paul really sees development of faith in two stages. The first one that he says is we receive the word of God's truth and the good news of God's love and grace. And then he uses the image of a seal. Now it's important to know that in the ancient world, things would be sent back and forth with a seal on them to indicate ownership. But the seal would also serve to authenticate whatever that item was and to protect it. And so what he's saying here is that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That it's the Holy Spirit that shows us God's purpose and enables us to then follow that purpose. So when we talk about an inheritance, usually that's going to imply that there's a relationship with that person, right? If someone is leaving us something and we inherit it, then there's a relationship. And so this is assuming that there's a relationship with God. And so what it tells us is the Holy Spirit is a down payment on our inheritance, meaning what's promised to us, paid in advance as a guarantee that someday we will enter into the full possession of the blessedness of God. I know that's a lot. I'm going to say it one more time. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on an inheritance, what's promised to us, paid in advance as a guarantee that someday we will enter into full possession of the blessedness of God. And so the Holy Spirit with us is just a glimpse of heaven, of what awaits us, of what is yet to come. And then in verse 15, Paul offers a prayer. He offers a prayer for the Ephesians, but I also think it's a prayer for us today. And I I think it's important to note two things that he mentions in verse 15. We could think of them essentially as marks of a saint. And the first is faith in the Lord, And the second is love for all of God's people. Both of those are necessary and important. And then he prays for for four specific things that apply to us as believers. These are promises that we can count on. To have a spirit of wisdom and greater knowledge of God. To have the hope of God's call on our lives. The riches of our inheritance from God and the overwhelming greatness of God's power. So what does all of that mean? Well, when we talk about wisdom, it's really referring to the deep things of God, that the church would be led deeper into eternal truth. Now, much of our faith is personal discovery. We have to be people who think. This is one of the things that I appreciate about United Methodism. And so, yes, we need to expose ourselves to sound and solid biblical teaching, but then we have to use the brain that God gave us as we begin to wrestle with things and learn things and grow. And that often means the difficult work of discernment, 
which could mean that we might have to refocus or realign some of our priorities. But we seek to know God more every day and grow in God's grace so that at the core of who we are, we begin to have a new realization of Christian hope and what that means for us. Christian hope is the place where our faith and our trust in Jesus today will lead us in the future. And that's made richer as we live into the specific call that God has on our lives. We seek to know God more every day and grow in grace so that we come to better understand the gift of being an heir of God and all that awaits us. So that we have a new realization of God's power. Because even in chaos, we know that God's power reigns. And the same power that resurrected Christ from the grave transforms us even now. So the first step for all of us is one of faith, and then hope follows. And if we have faith and hope, we read in 1 Corinthians, these three remain. Love. Love is the third. And so I think when we think of a saint, when you think about who are saints in your life, love is probably part of how we define those people. The way that they love God and the way that they love people. We call people saints when they exemplify the Christian life. I did not grow up in the Catholic tradition, but my Italian grandparents, that's me, a long time ago, my Italian grandparents and much of my extended family were very Catholic. And from the time that I was young, I vividly remember being exposed to rituals and prayers, the rosary, our father, reverence for Mary, and also for saints. And now, today, as I think of saints in my life, she's at the very top of that list. Because of the way she lived, because of the way she loved. And friends, I tell you what, she had a saint for everything. My sister and I knew that if she started praying to a saint, something was about to happen. Uh, My favorite was St. Anthony, the patron saint of lost things, and it worked every time. It worked when she did it every time. As Protestants, we recognize the early followers of Jesus as saints, certainly. Peter and Andrew and Paul, and you'll even find United Methodist churches that are named after them. But in our tradition, we don't pray to them as mediators to God on our behalf. We believe that we all have access to God, and we don't have a process for electing people to sainthood But we do believe in what's called the communion of saints. And when we say the Apostles' Creed together, if you're familiar with those words, that's one of the things that we say we believe in, is the communion of saints. And what that means is the whole community of faithful followers of Christ, past, present, and future, that stretches beyond space and time. And so we have All Saints Day. And it points us toward the promise of the day when God's kingdom will fully come. When we receive and celebrate Holy Communion together, we believe in that moment that our spirits are lifted into the heavenly places. And we celebrate the gifts of God's mercy and grace with believers of all time when we come to the table. It reminds us that we're not alone. It reminds us that we're part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And all of us have a cloud of witnesses All of us have a cloud of witnesses who have guided us and shaped us 
that cheer us on. And so we can remember the deeply faithful and the deeply flawed saints of God's church through whom God's glory is revealed. People like Mary and Peter and Jesus' disciples, but also people like Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King Jr., Because we know that death is not the final word. In both life and death, we are very much connected to God and to one another. But if we say that saints are people who live lives as a witness to the glory of God, then it really should include all Christians, including those who live now and those who will come in the future. And so when we talk about the communion of saints, that also means those who are here today, those sitting in worship with you, those who inspire us, the people around the world, even people that don't agree with us are saints. And we have this human need for a tangible reminder that God's power has been and is at work in human beings. And so God provides for us through the sacrifice and the generosity of saints. We honor, and we honor present and future saints every time we baptize someone, Every time we confirm a student in their faith, every time we give a Bible to a third grader. And so I'd invite you to think again, who are the saints in your life? Maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it was a pastor, maybe a teacher, maybe a friend. I regard many of you as saints in my life. In my eight years at Stonebridge, we've shared challenges and we've shared love and certainly a lot of joy. And remembering and honoring saints is not just about celebrating the superhuman faith or power of a select few. It's about celebrating God's ability to use flawed people to do divine things. And so saints that we know or stories that we hear, they encourage us to be all that God has created us to be, to live a life that is worthy of God's calling. And we don't make ourselves saints. That's not work that we do. God's Spirit works in us and through us to make us holy, to make us righteous, and God creates faith in us. And then through ordinary acts of love, we bring the kingdom of heaven closer to earth, because saintly acts are always really just simple acts of love. Thomas Merton, who is a famous theologian, said, a saint is not someone who is good. A saint is someone who has experienced the goodness of God. And so in essence, saints are those who have come to know God's deep and abiding grace. They understand that failures and shortcomings don't disqualify them from receiving God's love. And so we have to remember that God made us as an entire package. All of it counts. We don't have throwaway qualities. That's not how God created us. Nothing is wasted. And so your voice Your uniqueness, your perspective, your story, your strengths, and your weaknesses can all be used for great good when placed in God's hands. And as Christians, we know that our calling is holiness. We know that our calling is righteousness. If we look at verse 14 of the text from today, the Holy Spirit is given to us, but that should result in honor of God's glory. We are accountable to glorify God. And so, yes, praise and worship are a big part of that, an important part of that, but we are called beyond that to discipleship. Our task is to represent Jesus, to bear witness to him wherever we are in life. 
And so when we define saints as people who are really holy, people who perform miracles, people who have a day or a church named after them, then we begin to think that it takes someone like that to glorify God. We begin to think of saints as someone whose life is unattainable for us. We begin to think of saints as someone else. And that's a mistake because in doing that, we give up this special inheritance that God gives to each one of us. When we think of of saints as someone else, it becomes very easy to say, someone else will do it. Someone else will volunteer with our children and youth. Someone else will cook a meal for a grieving family. Someone else will give financially to the church. And that's the moment when we sell ourselves and the church short of being the people that God made us to be. Because the world we live in, meaning your sphere of influence, your life, people within that miss the opportunity to recognize Jesus in its midst as we represent him to other people. And so as followers of Jesus, we are called to live now in ways that are consistent with the way that we believe things will be then. So that means caring for the environment now because then renewed creation will be where God is at home with God's people. It means working for peace now because then swords will be turned into plowshares, spears will be turned into pruning hooks, and there will be no war. It means working to overcome racism now because then heaven will be filled with people from every race and nation. It means caring for one another now because then God will wipe every tear from our eyes. And it means seeking justice for the poor now because Jesus said then that is how we will be judged. And so how are we doing? How are we participating in God's kingdom among us now? Because yes, we are heirs to God's grace and God's blessing, but with that inheritance comes a great responsibility to look more like Jesus, to witness to his love, to shine his light into a world that is often very dark. Ruth Bell Graham, who was the wife of Billy Graham, said, a saint is one who makes it easy to believe in Jesus. And so, can we say that that's true about us? Do people know Jesus better because they know us? Do we make it easy for people to believe in Jesus when they look at our lives. God calls you a saint based on your new birth in Christ, not based on your behavior. And in the end, the best remembrances of us will not be the balance in our bank account, it won't be how big our house was, or if we were the CEO, or how much stuff we accumulated. Saints are remembered by how much they give. And as Christians, we're not special because of who we are. We're special because of the one to whom we belong. We're God's saints because when God comes close, something becomes holy, and that something is us. And we're about to enter a season of remembering when God came close as a human baby. And Jesus promised that God would come close again. And so the good news for us today is that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit living within us, and we can be evidence of hope in the midst of the world's hopelessness. And that hope is the resurrection. Christ invites us to partner with him in working toward a better world now and also in the future. 
And so let us all be numbered among God's saints. May we all be known as friends of Jesus. In just a moment, as the music plays, you're all invited to come forward to the table to light a candle in honor or in memory of those who have inspired you, those who have encouraged you in your life and your faith. I will ask you to use caution when you're reaching for them. Just like on Christmas Eve, we'll ask you to to pull out an unlit candle and tilt that towards the flame and then place the candle back into the sand. If you're worshiping with us online, certainly if you have a candle at home, please feel free to get that out and light it right along with us. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. It's in Christ that we find out what we're living for. And the Christian life is not a solo endeavor, thankfully. The Christian life is one lived in community. I know that some of us today have recently lost a saint. And today our hearts know nothing but grief. That's especially hard at the holidays. And so I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge the, the feeling of grief and of loss. And I hope that this is a time of thanks. A time that you might find a little bit of healing. Because we are part of the people of God in life, but also in death. I've asked the worship team today to do a song that I think speaks to the powerful hope of our future in Jesus. But we're also called to let that hope fill our spheres of influence now. And the song speaks to that too. And so I hope that you'll listen to the words. And as you do so, remember that we are part of a giant choir all singing the same song. And it's indeed a privilege for us to add our voices so that someone else might hear about Jesus. As we prepare to come and remember today, I'd like to to offer a prayer for us. And so would you pray with me? We bless your holy name, O God, for all of your servants who have finished their course and now rest from their labors. Give us grace to follow the example of their steadfastness and faithfulness to your honor and glory. And we thank you for calling us to be yours. And we thank you for sending us to tell the story as your saints in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.